You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We are a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK, and I'm here with the boys, Andy. TK Corby, how are we? I thought you were going to do something. <laughs> I got too nervous. <laughs> Corby, good to see you, bud. Good to see you, lads. That's, a, that's embarrassing. I'm going to save you by playing the greatest song of all time. Forever. <laughs> this is the first sing along we've had. Now, boys, are you jealous? Because I play, I get to say that a lot. Being a finals team every year, while you two nifnuffs never get to sing your songs. Oh, I did last year. I did. I was actually there at the 2016 GF. Yeah. Okay. Blind. Just I, I sung that song just as loud as all the Sharky fans. <laughs> I loved it. But I was actually. Quite, you also wearing blue as well, weren't you? <laughs> I was quite sober at the actual grand final. I remember the whole thing. I remember minute every minute. And yeah. I loved oh, it. Illawarra, Illawarra won the um, New South Wales Cup. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> Appreciate that. But if you haven't noticed, I am a massive Sharkies fan. But before we get to Chatty Townsend today, be sure to be following us across all the different social medias. Talking League Pod is where you'll find us on Instagram and also Facebook, Twitter, Talking League One. Really appreciate all the reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please get that going more. And just a reminder that Talking League Fantasy and Tipping Comps, that's open now. So please join in. It's $500 cash prize for first place and is free to enter. So head over to TalkingLeaguePod.com or you also find all the details in the episode notes. Now, boys, do we want to bring Ted in? Ted. <laughs> yes, bring Ted in. All right. So it's as we've been advertising, we do have a Talking League hotline. We highly encourage if we are gibberers or if we've done anything <laughs> or you want to be part of the show, ask a question Jump on. So the number's 02-8405-7947. You find it at the website. Now, we've had Ted who's called in. Now, full credit to Ted. I No, he's, he, we've had about eight people calling. We'll, we'll be doing a Q&A show. This is the first guy to rip us, which I kind of love. <laughs> encourage. And I want to encourage it. I will play this to you. Just one thing, Ted. You're actually wrong. Yeah, get fact. <laughs> Colby is actually right. And he will... Have a little rebuttal after this. TK, Andy and Josh. Big Ted calling from New Zealand, mate. Love the show, love the podcast. Right, but just go and run your, you know, you blokes a little straight here. Start the talk. <laughs> you said that you watched him play in the New South Wales schoolboys club and everything like that, and you said he's coming through the grades. Hey, <laughs> get your facts right. He's a Kiwi, and he played first 15 rugby over here, and he's a dead suit legend, and he didn't play any schoolboy stuff over in Australia. So, you know, just want to keep your blokes honest, but I love your work. Great work. See you later. Yeah, thanks, Ted. Oh, I love you, Ted. You, be I actually regular. like him. Be a regular, please. Because we get this in our email just during the day, and I was laughing. I was hoping it was right. <laughs> but I knew it was wrong because he actually played in Corby's team. Go, Corby. Yeah, I'd big Ted. He's on his second big bot on the way home. A bit of Dutch courage. He'll ring up and give me a spray. He is a New Zealander. Yes, you're right. He may have played rugby, but he definitely come over here in 2018. And he played in the Northern team, which is like the Hunter um, north of New South Wales. Then got selected into the New South Wales CHS. 
And then he even made Big Ted the Australian schoolboys <laughs> in 2018. And Brabham best played in his fella. team. Get uh, fat. Yeah, but but Ted, we do in we're in Maria. Like, oh, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I was actually and I was actually on your team and I was supporting it. So anything we say silly, I want you to call us out. Please do. Yeah, no, that was good, Big Ted. Oh, I enjoyed it. it. Plenty of laughs. All right. Let's get back to the show, boys, and let's check in with Chad Townsend. All right, guys. Joining me on the podcast is Cronulla Sharks halfback and also friend of the podcast, Chad Townsend. Chaddy, welcome back, buddy. Thanks for having us, TK. Mate, first things first, before we actually before we rip in the footy, because I'm doing the new Fantasy League football show, which this interview we part of, mate, tell me a little bit about your love for NFL fantasy football, who you play with, and how you got into it, mate. Yeah, I absolutely love it, mate. Um, I play in three leagues. I I got into it a few years ago, actually. I started watching NFL when I moved over to the Warriors in 2014. I had a bit more time on my hands over there and, and started following me. Uh, the Cleveland Browns of all teams. Yeah. Uh, just decided to follow the team wherever Johnny Manziel got drafted all those years ago. And uh, anyway, but I moved back in 2016. There was a few other young fellas who were pretty keen on fantasy NFL as well. So uh, we started up a competition. Jack Bird, Valentine Holmes, Ben Barber, Wade Graham, uh, you know, uh, Josh Dugan's in there. Nice. Uh, yeah, we've got a, a number of boys who... Uh, roll Ricky Vitelli as well, and we still play. So it's a, it's like our little thing. We've got a group chat. We always talk about it. We love NFL. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely growing in Australia for sure, mate. How many hours would you put into it? Not too many. Like I try and set my lineup and then um, you know make sure I'm ready to go the night before. But oh, man, I tell you, who's a buddy nerd? Who? Jack Bird. He's an absolute nerd. He's on everything, reading up on all the NFL players. Um, he absolutely loves it. So. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time on it, but, you know, I'm definitely a huge fan. Yeah. Now, Chad, in terms of NRL fantasy, NRL super coach, you know, it's become huge, especially with all the fans in the NRL. But behind the scenes, the boys back in the dressing room, I know you guys can't play, but do you guys chat about it at all? Never. I've never chatted to anyone about it, to be honest. I, I don't really know too much about it. I don't know, you know, how much money or what's worth what or how much a try is worth or things like that. The most I hear about is from my barber. Whenever I go and get a haircut, he asks me who's in and who's out. And, um, you know, so I understand it's definitely getting bigger. And I think if it if it gets on the level that NFL is, like it's going to be incredible. Like NFL fantasy is absolutely amazing. And I really enjoy uh, that because I can play it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, I can't say I've spoken to any of another NRL player about fantasy or, or know too much about how it all works. Okay, interesting. Now, let's touch on a little bit of a preseason. Before, actually, before preseason, mate, we're just quickly talking about Cameron McInnes. So, mate, we found out on Tuesday via Daily Telegraph and then obviously the, clean, the club officially in the afternoon. When did you guys find out about the signing? Yeah, so officially we found out at the same time. I had heard a little thing, you know, in the background that the club had, you know, had been speaking to him and... Um, you know, there was potential that he could come across and obviously, you know, you never uh, sort of believe anything that sort of happens until it's actually officially uh, been approved by the club. And then once it was, it was um, it was exciting news for us. You know, he's mm. he's an excellent player. He plays very, very tough. He's uh, relentless. He's a team-first guy. He is a great defender. He's a great leader. And all those qualities will definitely fit in well uh, here at the Sharks, he's 
our rivals captain and it's always you know a pretty nice feeling when you can uh recruit your your main rivals captain to come across and um you know play for the better team yeah chad it's nearly like america stuff right like it's always <laughs> happening in america with rivals going from we don't see it much in the nrl but for the significance of his signing you know before we started sj probably has been the, the most significant but he's come from warriors where we have a good relationship with the warriors they're our rivals. I can't believe it still happened, mate. Yeah, look, I think it, it's probably there's probably no doubt. I think a few Dragons fans would would be a little bit salty at, at, at losing a player like that and how highly qualified he is. And I think um, you know, for us, it, it's an exciting signing. You know, he's going to fit in really well with with the team and and with our culture. And uh, you know, every game we have against the Dragons is a big game, so uh, yeah, he'll fit he'll fit right into that. Yeah. Now, again, mate, we've got half our squad off contract at the moment, right? From an NRL player's perspective, when you've been in contract years, is the psychology of a contract year different to any other year? Uh, yes and no. I think, you know, obviously you're aware that you're off contract and, you know, you need your best performances to, uh, you know, get another contract, you know, continue your employment. But in saying that, like when you're when you're not off contract, you know, your mentality is the same. You're still trying to win. You're still trying to play your best. I think yeah. you're probably just more aware of it mentally. Uh, you know, it, it's you, you want to get to the point where your football does all the talking and you don't let contract negotiations become a distraction, especially when it, you know, starts to play out in the media, and and unfortunately for some some of the game's superstars, that's that's what happens, and it's not to their detriment. It's a lot, obviously, you know, a lot of other people talking about the whole situation where the players usually just go about their own business. So, yep. um, you know, at the end of the day, you want to let your football do the talking. You want to be training well. You want to be putting out good performances so that you know your your products on the field. Yeah, definitely. Now, Chad big change in strength and conditioning staff and the way you guys are training. Can you give us a few insights on kind of what's happened over the preseason and the changes that, that has been implemented? Yeah, look, it, it's been a, uh, it's been the toughest preseason I've done for probably about five, six years, to be yeah. honest, TK. It's been, it's been really big. It's been a lot of running. Our volume of running's definitely increased, you know, with the changes in the game and how fast it is now. We've had to adapt to that. Mm. We've had to become fitter, stronger, faster. You know, we've, We've actually signed uh, head of our head of performance, Nathan Pickworth, who's come across from the Dragons, who's done an incredible job. Signing. <laughs> yeah, he's done a he's done a great job since he's come over. Pickles, he's uh, you know been very very harsh but fair with our playing group and you know what he expects. And you know some of our players are getting incredible gains. Uh, a lot of our boys are running, you know, PBs in their time trials and lifting, you know, PBs in the gym. So. Look, it's been very hard. I've been sleeping very well at night. When I get home, I'm absolutely exhausted and all my daughter wants to do is play in the backyard and all I want to do is sit on the couch or sit, sit on the chair. So, um, you know, it's been enjoyable too. You know, we, we, we all want to be known for a team that has a good culture and it starts in preseason. So, uh, you know, I, I've been enjoying every minute of it. Yeah, Chad, before we started, you, you told me you, you've lost a little bit of weight and it is noticeable across the... Let's cross the squad how much everyone's lost weight. Look how good Fafita's looking. Matty Moylan in amazing shape as well. But with the, with the new rules, now that you've had a whole year to kind of have a look at that, and I'm sure that the coaching staff has put together a new program based on that, kind of where we were at this time last year compared to where you are now, how much fitter as a group are you? 
Yeah, I think we're definitely probably at least 20, 30% fitter, like as across the group. I think, you know, we, we've only had to look at our, uh, our output physically within our GPS data, which we get reports quite often. And, you know, we're training up to 30% harder every single session. So our program has definitely increased. We've got data to to show that. And we've got, you know, uh, gains and PBs to show that as well. So, you know, from 12 months ago, the game has definitely changed with, with the rules. Uh, I've got my own opinion on that. I I can't say I'm a massive fan of the six again in terms of, you know, keeping keeping it in the game. I'm a kind of a traditionalist and I liked the game before it was. I, I, I was, I'm a big believer if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I, and I didn't think it, it was broken. I think our product is, is the best product in the world. Um, and our fans are the best fans in the world. So, um, you know, but in, yeah, like I said, in saying that, um, you know, we've, we've had to adapt and, you know, we'll move forward. Yeah. Now, Moisa, he's looking incredible in all the photos and all the videos I've seen. <laughs> he's How's, flexing. Yeah, mate. He's looking, he's looking pretty buff, mate. Has he been, what, what's, what's been happening behind the scenes? He's looking great. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, had, a, he's had a great preseason. He, he spent his whole offseason getting his body right. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in the gym, doing a lot of rehab uh, on his body, put a lot of time into it, came back to training early, Uh and then since then, he's been on the field pretty much nearly every single session. He mm. has put in the work, no doubt. He's been training in the halves alongside myself. And, um, you know, we've been really enjoying playing alongside each other. We Only a few years ago in 2018, we played a full season in the halves together. We made the grand final qualifier. Yeah. So we've kind of taken off where we left in terms of our combination in the halves in 2018. We we know what we expect of each other. Um, we're very competitive and, and demand a uh, lot off one another. And, you know, we want to take that onto the field and, and throughout our 2021 campaign. Yeah, you're a great combo, mate. Back in 2018, you actually played on the right edge and Moisa back on the left. Are you guys going to be taking that approach again? Yeah, so pretty much whole preseason, uh, Moises jumped back over on the left and I've jumped back over on the on the right side of the field and over with uh, Britton Nakora and Jesse Ramian. So uh, for me, I'm not too phased which side I play. Uh, I probably prefer right, if I'm honest, but um, yep. you know, happy to, to play either side for the team. Definitely, but you want a premiership at, on right side, mate. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> tell. Mate, when you're playing with Moises and SJ, because they're so different players... Can you tell us about how you adjust your game when you're playing with each guy? Yeah, I think uh, just a, probably a little bit, actually. I think, you know, we, with Moisa, he's more of a X-factor runner of the ball. He, he plays what he sees in front of him. And with Sean, like Sean's got very similar characteristics in that regard. Sean also has a great kicking game as well. Yep. So, you know, when I play with Sean, I guess we kind of split the kicking game in terms of how many kicks we get throughout a game and then, you know, when I play with Moisa, uh, I'll probably take a bit more reins in terms of, you know, the kicking game. And, and that's something I really do enjoy. I yeah. think kicking is probably one of the best parts of my game. I put a lot of time and effort into it as well. So, um, yeah, the little things change here and there, but, you know, that would probably be the biggest one. Okay. Goal kicking, mate. Are you going to put your hand up? Yeah, I have actually. I've been putting a lot of work in over the summer with our nice. goal kicking coach. Uh, at this stage, I think I'll be, you know, getting the tee. I, I really hope so. I've been playing a lot of golf too, actually. And okay. um, I actually had a conversation with my kicking coach the other day about, you know, the crossover between my golf swing and my goal kicking. So 
Mitchell Moses uh, said the same thing, mate. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I remember him saying that, and I was like, "Look, I, you know, I, I can, I, I feel it. I, I literally do. I, I hit six goals after training today, and um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty routine based, and I like to do the same thing every time. And I'm pretty the same with, with my golf game too. I've actually <laughs> wouldn't talk myself up, but I've been, I've been hitting them pretty well lately. So I've nice, been, mate. I've been pretty, I've been pretty happy with that. So. Um, yeah, look, goal kicking is uh, is a serious business and, you know, I want to put my hand up and I want to do the job and I want to do it well. Mate, fantasy coaches just went off. Your goal kicking and your general <laughs> play kicking, that's worth 20 points, mate. Chatty Townsend, owned by about 20% of people now. <laughs> I'll take it. Nice. Now, mate, moving on a little bit, actually just thinking on that right edge because in 2018, you played on that edge with Jesse. And last year, Sean kind of liked, as the game is evolving, short ball and it's Nakora. And obviously that kind of wide looping pass, which would hit your winger, as you did on the left with Ronnie. Kind of to bring Jesse back in the game, do you think we'll see a little bit more short ball stuff? Because I think Moiser likes that as well. Yeah, definitely. Look, Moiser, you know, Moiser loves to skip across defenders and, and throw. He can throw short all along. And I think, you know, a guy you mentioned there, Jesse Ramey, and I think we can definitely improve on ways in bringing him in the game. And, you know, we've already spoken about plays that we ran in 2018 when we played together yep. and how we sort of bring that within our combination, you know, while we're back playing together on, on the right. So we've been spending pretty much all summer, you know, uh, I've been passing the ball a lot to Jesse and a lot yep. to Britt as well. I play probably a little bit more straighter and more direct than any other half uh, within our squad. And that's something that I've prided my career on and, and I'm really good at. So uh, look, looking to improve in those areas, looking to, you know, uh, bring that stuff out during our preseason training, and then you know bring it on during the season. Yeah, nice. Now, mate, I know you won the tr- time trial the other day, so that puts you fittest in the club. But <laughs> you're the fittest. Who's the strongest, and who's the fastest? Oh, geez, uh, fastest would be probably Sione Katoa. Okay, yeah. over four hundred, or is that over? Uh, yeah, like we, we rarely have a hundred meter races. We usually have you know forties. Probably okay. it'd be Sione or Young Mawini Harodi. He's okay. he's lightning as well. Those two are in, incredible. Strongest would be oh geez, it'd be up there with um, a strongest back would be Nene McDonald or Josh Dugan. Okay, and strongest forward would be Royce Hunt or Jack Williams. Okay, uh, yeah, Royce Hunt was benching like 160 or 180 kilos the other day. It was incredible. Wow, that's NFL stuff. <laughs> I couldn't mate. believe that it. NFL stuff. <laughs> wow. Mate, you just mentioned Dugan. It's been great to see him. He hasn't been no kind of no padding on his legs, no strapping, no nothing. It's great to see him so free. Same as Andrew Fafita. Two of the older guys looking really good. Yeah, both veterans both had really good pre-seasons. Andrew's uh, dropped a heap of weight. He's been training you know, really well, doing a lot of work. Um, and same with Doogie. He yeah. has had a, a really good preseason. He's um, you know, super strong in the gym. He can throw around some tin. And the other day, he actually scored four tries in one of our training sessions. So, really? Wow. Um, yeah, just just two veterans who you know you, you know what you're going to get with the, those two boys. That they come in and got a, a very professional work ethic, and um, you know have been great around our younger boys within the squad. Yeah, Chatty, tell me about these Friday five AM sessions, mate. Yeah, so it was actually uh, throughout the preseason. Like we have a, 
a bit of a misdemeanor system where it's kind of keeps uh, you know, our boys on on their toes and make sure that everyone stays in line and mm. and um I think someone must have worn a, a, the wrong clothes and it meant that we had to start a Friday at 5 a.m. And anyway, we rocked up at 5 a.m. And we had a big speaker going and a lot of fun with dancing in the sheds at 5 a.m. And we went out and we trained and we had an unbelievable, really good session. In a session that was kind of meant to be, I guess, a punishment, if you call it, mm. we turned it around into a positive. And since then, we've actually asked the staff if we can train earlier on Friday. So now every Friday we get in there and we start training at, at 6 a.m., so it's um yeah it's good the boys rip in they love it um you know we kind of turned a negative into a positive with our positive mindset and, and just wanted to rip into our training so you know very pleasing for for our team nice do you put the gold bag in the on in the car that day mate <laughs> yeah well we we usually finish around lunchtime so it's good we usually um actually the last month every friday we've, we've made a habit of our, our whole squad we we go and have lunch together okay um just to sort of cap off the weekend because last year you know we weren't really able to hang out together as a group very often within the bubble and obviously you know cafes and restaurants were off limit for us so you know we're making the most of the time to try and get out and about and, and build some relationships with one another and, and that's what our fridays are for you know we finish around around lunchtime and we go out and we, and we have a, a feed together and then you know do what you got to do over the weekend Perfect. Now, mate, I really enjoyed your podcast with Blake Braley. I thought it showed a really good side of him. And what I wanted to ask you, as he's seven, the seven and nine have such an amazing sort. They have to be on cog with each other. Blake, especially the last five or six games last year, really, really came ahead. Kicking game, running, that Canberra game, he was, If I reckon if he doesn't go off the field, you guys don't lose. But tell me from your side of things, being the chief playmaker, how important Blake is to you? And also his progression over the preseason. Yeah, he's 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 super important to me. Uh, I've got so much time for him. I think you know just seeing and and thinking and feeling the same thing. And it's like when you when you get in a situation on the field, you know, you make eye contact with one another, and when you're thinking the same thing, like it's it's on, and it's hard it's hard to explain, and it's hard to build that, and it takes time, like. Um, just the other day at training, you know, we, we gave each other, uh, just, we just looked at each other and I wanted him to kick the ball for me and he kicked the ball for me and he knew what I was thinking and he saw the same thing. And you know, that, that's the step that I guess our combination that is, is taking, you know, we've, this is our third year together now. Uh, his service is, is incredible. And I think, you know, I agree with you, TK, in the fact that his last five games were probably the best five games he's played in first grade. Mm. You know, I think his season last year, he copped a lot of mixed messages about how, how he should play. A lot of people giving him opinions on how he should play and what he should do. Blake's a great player. He's going to have a great career. He's very skillful, very, very tough. And, you know, I just want him to play with confidence in yeah. in 2021. And he has, he's come off his, his ankle surgery after that, you know, Canberra injury and... um you know, he's going to be he's going to be one to watch for sure for us. Yeah, for sure. Now, mate, Connor Tracy and Luke Metcalf both training at fullback. Now, both of them obviously halves in their junior days. We've seen Connor Tracy in first grade, but mm-hmm. how have they gone at fullback? Yeah, looks uh, Connor Tracy's probably done a little bit more work at fullback, but he is absolutely dynamite. He he's only got one gear CT. It's a hundred mile an hour. He he gets the ball and he just runs. He challenges you to tackle him. So. He's been super impressive. Another one who is just very hungry, very fit, 
very professional, just yeah. wants to play first grade. He wants to win. He wants to learn. He's a, a pleasure to be around and, and um, you know, a very good guy to have in our squad. And, and part of me, Lukey Metcalf is very similar. I come across from Manly, come back to Cronulla, local junior. Um, he looks you know, like a speed demon, mate. Yeah, he is. He, he's super quick. He's got a great long ball as well. He's um, got great footwork. Another one who's very fit. So um, he's slotted in really well within our team. And, you know, I've got no doubt, you know, those two boys will get their opportunity throughout the year. Definitely. Congrats and well, mate. Got one last question for you. All right. To wrap things up, just in terms, I've got five young players and we don't, with no New South Wales Cup, no Jersey flag, we didn't really get to see any footy. So we don't know much about these guys. But tell me something a little bit about these guys and where do you think they're going to excel? The first one, the big fella, Franklin Pele. Yeah, look, super impressive. Uh, huge human. When you see him, he's absolutely massive. He has a great work ethic, lost a lot of weight this preseason. Yep. Um, very quiet, but also, you know, wants to play first grade. And that's what I really love about him. Nice. All right, next one, Teague Wilson. Yeah, look, uh, impressive. Uh, another one, great work ethic. Um, you know, was really impressive in his debut this year and, and the games and the minutes that he got. Runs a great line, very fit, and also another guy who's, you know, extremely team first, just wants to win. Cool. Next one, the young center, Jensen. I won't, I won't blow his surname, but Jensen. One of my peer. There you go. Yeah. He uh, uh, reminds me of a young Israel Falau, actually. He's got the, the speed and the size of a, of a young Israel Falau. Same sort of build, uh, huge, got a great jump, a great leap, good, good in the air. Uh, you know, he'll. I think he'll make his NRL debut this year. Wow. Okay. Jack, Jack Martin, the young guy we got from Queensland. Yeah. Look, he's uh, you know, very, very aggressive, very, uh, you know, very fire, solid. He fire up at training. Yeah, he? he fires up at training with the boys in the middle. Nice. Uh, you know, young, just wants to learn. You know, loves being around the boys. I think it'll do him wonders this preseason to be around guys like. Aiden Tolman, Aaron Woods, Braden Uelli, and see the type of work ethic that those guys have. And I think, you know, no doubt he's learning a lot. And I think, you know, for us, he, he can definitely add some value in the future. Nice. Last guy, uh, Blake's backup, Cole Patterson, mate. Yeah, look, Pato, he's um, very crafty. Um, you know, got a great head fake, got a great work ethic too. And also, he's extremely strong. He He's probably one of our strongest squatters actually okay. squat. He squats like, mate, incredible. Like over 200 kilos. Really? It's bloody, yeah, for, for a young fella. Is um, he a short fella or? Yeah, he's very. He's pretty short. He's probably about the same size as Blake. So, okay. um, you know, crafty, very strong. Another another kid who's got a good head on his shoulders and just wants to just wants to learn. Perfect. Well, Chatty, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Before I let you leave, everyone got following Chad. Chad Townsend 10 across all the socials. Chad Townsend Show. Catch it on YouTube and all the podcast networks. Got to have a look at CronullaBeardCo.com. It's a great drop <laughs> and follow it up. But Chatty, thanks for dropping on the podcast, mate. Can't wait to watch you play, buddy. Not too easy, TK. Appreciate it, mate. Chat soon. All right, boys. Interesting team. And even this is my team. We usually start with the big three, but we're going to start with the no three because <laughs> this is dead set embarrassing. The reason probably why I did a little bit of research today and found out the Sharkies, which I probably already knew this, most missed tackles in the NRL. And it's by a big, big way. So they missed something like 31 tackles, I think I found. And this is after them being the fifth highest scoring team. So lots of attacking stats, but the merits through the roof. So I'll start with the big three. We know who the first guy is. Sean Johnson, 722K, break even at 54. 
With an Achilles injury, no doubt, 0.3% owning. I'm not sure who's owning him right now. But draft and classic, Corby, you start any interest? Definitely not classic because you're just wasting a spot. And in draft, unless you get him really late, I don't like carrying injured players for that long because what's his talk, 10, 10 weeks mm, maybe? Well, yeah, earliest eight, yeah. round eight. So Yeah, no for me. And then also going back to that early pod from the NRL physio, He's not going to be a hundred percent until maybe ten games in anyway. So mm. he might come right at the that right end of the season when you need him, but it's a it's a long wait, a long hold. Yeah, Andy. I'm saying no. Will you yeah. sneak him at some stage in the draft if you can? No, nah, I'm with both of you guys. Uh, he did like change his style a little bit towards the end of the season. Was playing more of like a Benji Marshall selecting your passes, but yeah, like uh, Corb said, the Achilles injury might be affecting him too much. Yep. Uh, no, 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 no. All right, let's move on. So Aiden Tolman making his way over from Canterbury. He's priced at Canterbury. He's 725K. Had a good season. Really good prop in fantasy league footy. Break even, unfortunately, at 54%. Does have a great PPM of 0.89, but... Andy, you're probably just not going to be seeing the minister. <clears throat> Excuse me. The Sharkies just have a, a you know stacked middle. Plethora. Young guys that aren't even ready for round one. Guys like Royce Hunt. And then we've got the young, uh, also Franklin Pelle, who's knocking on the door. So I can say reduced minutes. If he's at 40 minutes, probably not relevant, right? No, you're not wrong. He was averaging 60 minutes at, at uh, the Bulldogs. Mm. He was the Bulldogs forward pack. Yeah. The highest averaging minutes for Sharks was Aaron Woods at 52 minutes. So even if he gets that, he's still only put averaging a, was it a 47 fantasy points. Mm. So he will not be relevant, especially he won't be hitting 54 again. No, I agree. And the last guy, if Britton Cora is in your top three, you know you've got massive problems because <laughs> he hasn't been relevant since he lost his center tag. At 626K and a break even at 47. I'm not even looking at him, Corby. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, with Chad moving over there to the right, I might. There's a bit of a delay on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. No, yeah. Is the Wi Fi with Chad Newcastle moving over to the right? Today? Sorry, mate, go for it. I might, uh, with Chad moving to the right, I might say yes. Okay. Uh, oh. Because he's a bit of that ball distributor um, getting out early. SJ liked to skip across the field and just turn him under a lot. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a feeling he might, might be okay. And he's got Talakai on his heels. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one to keep an eye on if you can fit him in. But he's not high on the priority list. Yeah, he did average forty five in two thousand twenty, but seventy four in the last round when the Raiders chucked out their reserve grade team. So it's a bit of an inflation. So he's probably really more like forty one, forty two. For the biggest thing without the Sharkies second rowers, they missed the most tackles in the comp. They're like three each. And they let in a lot of tries. So for guys of their quality, it was probably somewhere where the Sharkies really did get – look at this bloke <laughs> – get let down. So, boys, we are in agreement that they are the no three. So let's move on. A little bit of value coming up here, and we've done some research between me and Corbs on this player. Blake Braley, we are big fans of him. Corby, I'm going to let you start. Where's your interest come from, Blakey? Well, he's priced at that 44 average. And the 2020 games he played at 80 minutes, he already has a 48 average. So he's already pushing that 50 average. It's his first full season that he's got under the belt. So he's coming into his second. I think he's going to be a bit tougher. I think he's got a bit more to give an attack as well. And Chad sort of hinted at that in the interview. 
I'm liking him. I think he is that mid-tier, mid uh, mid price, good value hooker. Yeah, when he got injured in that semi final against the Raiders, he was I think thirty six points after thirty two minutes. He was cutting them up. He was doing really well. Something I have noticed during the year, attack's gone up. 40-20s, something that someone who told me this, oh, one of my mates that goes to the Sharks training regularly, he told told me the only guy that stays back and does regular kind of extras is Chad, not Chad, is Blake, and he's always practicing 40-20s. Pulled off a couple at the end of last year. His kicking game started to come in. I'll tell you one thing, his attack is really good. You think Appy Corosau is good? Well, Appy didn't have as many try assists or line of break assists as Blake in more games. The big thing is, is for... Blake to move up into that 50 hooker, he needs to improve his defense. And he's in the top 20 tacklers, so he gets busy, but only 36 tackles with two missed tackles. Compare him to the big guns, Cook's at 47, McInnes at 54, Appy's at 50. So there's a little bit of a gap, especially in Fantasy League, that's 15 points. So put a little bit more weight on. He's got the confidence now, second season full. I can see this guy, you know, you did mention it, Average of 49 in the last kind of five or six games. Mate, I am nearly a buyer of Ch- Blake Bradley to probably join my third fantasy team at 595K. <laughs> Your fourth or third? <laughs> yeah, about my hundredth. We picked I'm, about 100 players already. I'm, uh, I'm not earning May. I think his last game was 67 points, heavily inflated by uh, four tackle breaks. Mm. He only got 15 the whole season. So that's a massive inflation, in my opinion. So 44 average last year was inflated. Yeah. I just, like you said, look, you did turn me a little bit. <laughs> you know, so oh, you go in with a no. <laughs> but uh, I think he said, uh, I just don't know where he's going to get his points from, I got, apart from a couple of forward 20s here and there. I just don't see him in a 50 plus. Yeah, okay, yeah, he might make a little bit of coin, but at 595K, there's other players you can pick. Yeah, maybe. Ownership at one one 1.93%. I think he's going to lead my eighth fantasy team to victory for sure. <laughs> what was he saying about he was waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to put weight on? Yeah, I think that was just a G up. Come to me, Blake. I go to sleep and I wake up five kilos heavier like that. <laughs> I'll help you out. All right, let's move on. Now, the halves. With SJ out, big opportunity for both Chad Townsend and Matt Moylan coming off contract to show what they've really got. Chaddy, when he plays with SJ, not the probably the NRL fantasy relevant player that he is without him. So 2020, he averaged 33, which is good, especially right now because he's got only a break-even of 33. Pretty cheap at 446K. Corby, any interest in Chetty? I wasn't actually that interested, but then after his interview, <laughs> he's got me very interested. And I think the listeners will also be uh, looking a little bit closer at Chetty. The kicking and extra kicking duties um, just during play, that's massive. Huge, and then diving man. back into that, 2018, I forgot that he was goal-kicking, but he's got the about the three goals a game he was averaging, and that's on par with what SJ had. So there's yep. your six. And he had an extra 80 kicking metres in 2018 when he was with Moylan as well. So there's a few extra points, another 10 points there, and cheeky 150K. But I think he could maintain that. Again, it's the only thing SJ gets back. SJ starts firing when you really need Chad in that later end of season in draft. But in classic, he could be a great pickup and then just that uh, transition swap. Yeah. Well, it's a moneymaker, right, Corby? Because we both yeah. we both had done a little bit of research. In 2019, he played with SJ six times. He averaged 48. And then 2018, when paired with Moylan, 
He averaged 43. However, the last five games, and that's when the Sharkies racked up points, Valentine Holmes took over the goal kicking. So if he was goal kicking, his average would probably be around 47, 48. So this guy could hit top 400s. Mate, if he keeps this up, 446 after five or six games could easily be 600, and you could sell him. And if you've got enough money for cap room, you could get someone like a monster after. I think this is a nice little cash maker. Yeah, it might, it might be a bit of cash maker. I just, I still see value elsewhere. You know, like even with his projected oh, average of <laughs> sees Gutho as fuck. If he has his projected value of forty three yeah. points, but with the extra kicking meters and the uh, goals, he's on a PPM of 0.53. Lucky Lamb's PPM. Yes, there's no, no not much gains of data, good. but zero point eight two, and for of the exact price, I'm pretty sure. So mm. if yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, there could be a bit of money to be made, but. Whether he's there in towards the end of the team, I might have him in reserves, but yep. I'm picking Lock and Lamb over him. I think this is a gutho thing. Now let's move on. <laughs> Matty Moylan, Corby, you you did a little piece on him earlier this year. We kind of ripped you. Let's be honest. But then if I sent you my team and I put him in my emergencies, yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of warming to him, and after Chatty tells me that he's going well at training, he's training the house down. Boys. Everyone's training the house down, but he's looking great. Colby. He had yeah, he had a few lines in there every session completed, run of the ball, but we've touched on this plenty of times. Everyone is training the house <laughs> down. It's nearly getting ridiculous how many times it's said. Yeah. He he's he's that moneymaker again, and he's he could potentially going off if he hits that uh mid thirties, which he seemed to have in the past when we've talked about him and that piece on the socials. That would give you that 150K, the upside to Moylan. So he's making that same coin as Chad, mm. but he's 150K cheaper. So that means you can spend another 150K in another position. Yep. So it's probably a toss-up with me between blokes like Chad and Moylan, who I'm seeing as moneymakers. They're not going to be there at the end. Like They're just nope. potentially no. there to make that where you see him max out and then yep. jump up to that next person. And you can save 150K in doing that. So... Yeah, once you juggle your team, and like we've picked about four teams as we keep laughing about, that team list Tuesday is really going to nail down who's coming in and out. Yeah. Andy, does 19% ownership across the coaches, does that put you off, Moylan? Uh, what Corb said, you're not having him for end game, are you? No. You're sort of picking him up for the quick cash. Even still, he's, he's burned me before. <laughs> yeah, he's had so many times to be fit, and he just – He's too eager to get back from physio and just does his hammy again. So, look, they're saying they're running more. I think uh, what's they're running more at training. I just don't think – I don't know. I'm just off him. <laughs> I can feel him burning me again. I might pick him up, oh, has an emergency, Andy. and if he makes a bit of coin, then I'll sell him because he's going to get injured. I can guarantee it. You heard it here first. I'm going to make him dally him. I don't think – I might only have one player from the Sharks on my team. <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> I've only got Blake Braley at the moment locked in. Everyone now, that's in team five too. So no one's in the starting team. So, <laughs> Boys, moving on, this is a very interesting one because we've got Wade Graham, Andrew Fafita, Aaron Woods. This this is kind of where we are at with the Sharkies. We're at the kind of top of a peak where these guys were the best in their positions a couple of years ago. But as every good athlete, they come to an end of a cycle. Wade Graham, he will start with him, 541K, a break even of 40 Ownership pretty low at 1%. Andy, any thoughts? He's the Josh Hodgson. The problem yeah. with Josh Hodgson, he's a great, great NRL player. Just yep. does not transmute to fantasy. There's just way too much competition in that edge position, right, Corby? You get better value. 
Yeah, big time with him. He, he is a good player, but, yeah, fantasy-wise, doesn't cross over. Yeah, best back, you know, ball-playing back row on the comp. But moving on to Andrew Fafita. Now, everyone's had him. Like, was a god, 19 and 18, averaged over 50 and playing huge minutes. Unfortunately, with the knee injury, it's, you know, dramatically still picks up good points, 1.2 ppm. Like, Massive. It's there, and he's lost a lot of weight. For me, I just... I'm just cautious about the knee. Like, once your knee's gone, it's just like they wanted to medically retire him. That's that's got to be a sign <laughs> that we don't touch him. Like, I love him. He won me a grand final. I just can't go. Any boys, are you guys going to jump in with Fafita? No, nah, he's not fancy relevant anymore. No. Corby, same? Yeah, no, he's on the decline. And sitting out certain sessions, it didn't sound uh, overly enticing. Maybe it could be a watch list. Like going from 128 kilograms last year to 118, that's 10 kilograms, less pressure off his knee. True. Maybe there's a little bit of thing there. So put him on your watch list if he drops a bit of price. But that that was his game, the big power. I've got to say, Andy, you're getting sucked in. I'm not letting you do it. Watch list. You went from having no Sharks players (laughs) to now picking the guy with the worst bloody injury in the team. He might make my 10th other team. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Aaron Woods again. He was I don't even know how he was the best prop in the game once. Like, what happened? Was there no props? <laughs> Woodsy or the Fafita? Old, the old Tigers. Yeah. five hundred. He run rampant. 586K. He's got a break even of 44. Out of his last three years, that 44 is kind of his best average as well. Unloved, pretty much unowned. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big avoid on, on Mr. Woods, boys. Well, he had 52 minutes. Tolman coming in. And Toby Rudolph playing stellar. He increased his minutes last yep. year. I just see Aaron Woods losing minutes uh, for one. So And the Sharks went to Canberra without a lot of their senior guys and he got dropped for the semifinal. So <laughs> probably shows where he is, right, Corbs? Um, yeah, wow, the, the wow. minutes is a big one because you see Braley paying 80. And like you said, Andy, that or you also touched on it, TK, the forwards, he's just – the minutes are going to dec- – he's not going to get more than 52 minutes. No way. Not fantasy relevant, but Hamlin Ueli. How many times are you going to put first try score on this play, Corbin? Oh my gosh! Hey. <laughs> yeah, I he oh, I looked at it so many times and I laughed, and then he did it again. He, I think he did it four times last year, and I just laughed every time. I was like, "Oh, next time, next time." He, his price though for first try score was like down around the outside back spot. That <laughs> it wasn't even that well, decent. For fantasy, he averages somewhere in the 30s. He's usually 30 after like three minutes and then doesn't have any more points for yeah, the rest of the stopped, game. He just he stops trying. <laughs> will, yeah, he make the, uh, will he make the centipedes multi-leg? Uh, I'll, I'll have to have a look, see what odds they give. <laughs> if they're giving me odds of, of a winger, yeah, no, no way. <laughs> he must get a bonus for scoring first then he just doesn't want to do anything. But boys, a little bit of... I really want to get some value here. Jesse Ramian, 431K, break even to 32. Low ownership for a center, 1.2%, especially with his con reputation. Coming off 2019-38, He's tickling my fancy, Corby. Yeah, he'd been above that 30 average since his debut in 2017. Mm. So that's always a win in the center position. Or if I'd get 30, I'm happy. 40, I'm very happy. The early ball talk from Chad, bring him into the game, is a good uh, sign if you're looking to purchase Ramian. Especially on that edge I, with him as well. Yeah, and in 2019, when he was at the Knights, he had five tackle busts a game. He averaged. Mm-hmm. So he's a weapon. If he can get that ball early, 
I, uh, I'm with you, TK. I think if 30 is his lowest, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'd obviously big up. Um, I'm, I'm kind of looking for these broken down centers this year. Guys that I see in the 30s that could hit some upside. You have potential. Eddie? Well, this is the player that I might have in my team. Oh, this, really? This is the one <laughs> oh, Sharks player. Finally. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, listening to the assistant coach, Nathan Pickworth, putting them all through the, the training, and he sounded like he was loving it. Jesse Raymond just loves it. So look, look for him to get some more ball and that tackle break ability. That's what his biggest strength He's is. He's a big boy. Once he, if he gets a ball like Corb's saying, he, he'll be unstoppable. There could be a bit of price rise there. Mm. Last guy, very interesting. Toby Rudolph, 540, 5K in his debut year. Really big cash maker last year. Break even of 41 to start the year. Only ownership of 2%. Has a very interesting stat. So I'll give you a couple of things just to take away before I get your thoughts. So he started most games from the interchange bench, right? So 13 games. He averaged 47 minutes, but only scored 38 a game. When he would start at lock, he would start for 44 minutes and score 45. When he started at prop for 47 minutes, he scored 48. So literally, you add 10 points if from playing start. less minutes starting. <laughs> Is it just because he likes ripping in from the start, boys? Maybe that energy, maybe that we're starting energy. Sure, it's a block. You're a bit more uh, in the mindset once you're starting on the 13. To come yeah. off the bench, maybe. I don't know. Here's me talking like I play football. I played two seasons in my life. <laughs> but incredible, Buck. But Corby, if he starts and he starts regularly, have I nearly convinced you to pick him? Yeah, but I'm, I'm, the big head scratcher is who does he take? Whose spot does he take? Is he mm. is he going at lock? Is is McInnes coming over early? Who's that? I'd, is that the king? <laughs> Did you say call him call him king? Judas. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I think. Heminueli played really well, and I think he, so if he was going to start, I'd have him at lock. He seemed to start at lock towards the um, back end of the year. Yeah, but yeah. If he starts with those those numbers, um, he's enticing. Mm. But I'd, yeah, not not going to be in my team. But yeah, you put still, him in team eight. You still got the problem of Tolman coming again, stealing. You just don't add minutes, forward. do you? But a couple of things to for you guys to consider there. But let's finish it off. With a little bit of spice, and we probably don't have. Well, they haven't. Neither of them have played first grade yet. Plenty of raps, though. And you guys put off boy and Chad said it was the next Israel for Lau, for Jensen. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was he also training the house down. <laughs> yeah, Franklin's lost a lot of weight too. They had they had an article today. They go, he wants to lose weight, so they've stopped him from doing weights. I see. He looks giant in that but photo. Stopping from doing weights doesn't mean that he he's going to like lose weight. Like he's still going to do his strength work. That just made no sense to me at all. Like. Still I think high, that's, that's high, a stitch up. High reps, low weight. Oh, big time. But, Corby, any are these on your watch list for these two boys? Jensen. Yeah. Jensen, he would just be one for your emergency if you really needed basement price mm. um, just to free up coin. But So I did that with um, Best last year, knowing that he was going to come on and play at some point, and it sort of paid off. Mm. Uh, so that would be the only – because the, the other thing that Chad's like, he, he will make his NRL debut this year with Jensen. So yep. he, he might be one. There might be about five or so like that that you pick the one that's most likely. That yeah. would be the only reason to pick him, I think. Well, I think everyone's just got to watch him. And first, by the time this is released, this is going to be released on a Saturday. The Sharks would have played their first trial against the Dragons. And I'm pretty sure both of these boys, because they didn't play NRL last year, are going to play in this trial. Also get some data. Yeah, and they've got the NRL.com up doing the video. So highly encourage you just to check it out for yourself. I think that's the only way to get any any kind of notice of what these guys can do is by just watching it yourself. So no, check that out. 
All right, guys, another great podcast. Covering I've got the one more. One. I've yeah. got one more. Oh, is this one like... more to think about? Yeah. Joshy Dugan. Josh Dugan. Is that because he, he, he talked him up? Is that because he talked him up in the in the chat? No. Well, he's listed as a centre. In his last three years, he's got that thirty-eight average at fullback. Now, they've got no real fullback that's really put their hand up for that position. Mm. He could go back and just fit. He's, he played fullback for Australia. He played fullback for Origin. He's decent. He had the thirty-eight average. That's decent if he's getting that, that in your centre position. Where's the th- Where's the thirty-eight? Was he playing fullback when he got that average, Corby? Yeah, that's from his last three years, 38 average at fullback. Okay, so interesting. So 28, 29, 20, well, 20. So he's got so a strong carry, got, doesn't he? So Yeah, well, he, he's good in that. But he's safe and he's very safe bringing the ball back at a big body carry. So, okay. yeah, I don't know. I'd, Mate, just because know. he's still got the dual, dual position, I was thinking, well, if he does yeah. get back in the fullback. But Chatty, Chatty wasn't mentioning him at training at fullback. It was all Connor Tracy. Yeah. So look, the, the, the chat there is maybe Conan Tracy's a bit of a watch list as well, depending on who gets the nod. Yeah, so you'd assume Will Kennedy would be the fullback. Yeah, at this stage, he's done the most work. So. Yeah, look, you could be right there if he gets a little drop and <laughs> just right, a little sneaky one to think about. Yeah, he's got a shit name, so he's definitely not coming in my team. So, <laughs> boys, I wonder what um, New Zealand Ted thinks about that. Yeah, actually, I want to hear more from Ted. Hit want, us up, Teddy. Ted, if you want a regular segment, hit me up. Because <laughs> this could be the Ted segment. Just give it to Corby. This is a Corby watch. That's your segment. It'll be keeping us honest. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> but guys, next on the show, we'll be starting Tuesday with Cameron Murray. So look out for the South Sydney preview when we drop that. Do get involved. Talking League Hotline 02-8405-7947. Keep leaving those reviews on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate those. And keep following the social media, Talking League Pod, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, Talking League 1. All right, gents, footy's back. The trials are starting, and always great to get your thoughts. Andy, we'll see you uh, for Souths. Corby, great to – yeah, thanks for that last little Josh Dugan, mate. Save the podcast. See you, <laughs> see you boys. <laughs> see you, guys. <laughs> <laughs>